Welcome back to Hat Trick Across Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, back up to all three Garrett's. Sorry for missing out on last week. I'm back. Moving went well. And now we have championship weekend ahead of us. Only three games. Only two of them do we actually know who's playing who. Uh, and it honestly is probably, well, three of the four teams I think we all could have seen coming from a while away that made it. And props to Penn State. No one saw that coming at the beginning of the season. I'm reminded. I We almost made this the episode title. I'm reminded by Thanos by I Am Inevitable. Because, in essence, the three ACC teams were pretty much inevitable, right? Yeah. For as crazy as this year has been in terms of picks and even the tournament, here we are in a very predictable spot for three out of four. Like. People like ourselves thought Georgetown would have a run at it. But, I mean, these three teams were the teams from the outset. And once Maryland started to falter, it's not that surprising here. But Penn State, like we said, yeah. like I don't even think we had them advancing past the first round of the Big Ten tournament at the beginning of the year. Like, a remarkable run by Coach Tambroni. I still think mm-hmm. the Coach Alvarisi from Army should win Coach of the Year, but Coach Tambroni, a very close second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and just to talk about the other, one of the other three teams, UVA made me really eat my words on Saturday, um, scoring two goals on the first 15 seconds of the game. Um, that was... Uh, that was a gut punch for sure. Um, Duke is kind of scaring me. Notre Dame didn't play up to what I thought they did, but a um, bunch of great games. Uh, Tim Brony is definitely like one of those candidates for coach of the year. Um, honestly, any of these coaches could be up for that honor as well. Um, and the Torton too is uh, down to like a two horse race, I think right now with uh, Schellenberger and O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll see what happens there. Um, when will they announce that? That'll be on Sunday or? I think the ceremony is after the tournament. After the tournament? Yeah, I think it's like the Friday after or something like yeah. that. Gotcha. It's before PLL starts, I think. Yeah. Right, right before that season starts. Oh, yeah, because they announced it like the first weekend uh, before the before the PLL game started. Right. Yeah, I just remember watching Logan's last year, and it was like he did that, and then he went to Chrome training camp like the next day. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, a bunch of great games. Um, Final Four is going to be awesome. Uh, D3 was as expected, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from this past weekend. Um, so WNL played Salisbury pretty close. I don't know if you guys saw any of that game. I watched a, a couple of clips of it. Um, but WNL hung in there against the Seagulls. We'll, uh, we'll have a bonus. We'll have a bonus pick the D3 National Championship at the end of the episode. Don't worry. Even though all <laughs> our picks are going to be the exact same. No, yeah, we're all going to pick the same, but we're still going to do it. <laughs> 
Alrighty. Um, what are we getting into now? Uh, we I need the I'll... last dog of the week. Voight. Dog of the week, Voight. It's yeah. your spot. Yeah, no, I'm, this day has been a cluster. I am all out of whack right now. <laughs> um, so dog of the week, um, you know, it could have gone to PD LaSala. Um, honestly, it could have gone to um, uh, the Kavanaugh's, honestly. But if you look to the Penn State game, um, Jack Posey went down with what I think we all believe and an injury and I'm too familiar with um, that'll end his season. So it, it looks like he'll be unlikely to make it to the game against Duke. Um, but this guy, Sam Sweeney, defenseman, Penn State, um, filled in his spot. He was an L- he was playing LSM for a little bit, and then they bumped him down once Posey went went out of the game. Um, but he played a pretty sweet sweet game. He had nine ground balls and a cause turnover. Uh, so, you know, very productive day by him. And uh, he did what he needed to do to help his team win that game because that was a back and forth game against the uh, Black Knights. Um, and uh, he'll certainly need to step up uh, against uh, the Blue Devils this, on Saturday because that attack line is stacked and this Penn State defense is very young uh, with Posey going down. Um, I'm sure I think one of them's a freshman and uh, the other two are sophomores, Sweeney and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but props to Sam Sweeney. He stepped up when one of his teammates went down next game, next man up mentality right there. So uh, props to him. And uh, he uh, gets the honor this week. Yeah, he'll have to step up. Someone's going to have to step up and take O'Neill. Whoever that is, they're going to get the short stall. That's going to be a tall task. <laughs> Absolutely. It was going to be Posey by a mile, but. Now that he's oh, yeah. Like a, <laughs> now it's up in the air. Crapshoot, whoever gets him. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, records. So from this past weekend, uh Dryband and Glazer both went two and two. Uh Dryband's overall record goes to four twenty-one and one thirty-five. You definitely should have dropped a game. Um to make that number one number less in the win column dry band, I swear to God. <laughs> um, and Glazer's record is 417 and 139. Um, I myself had the best weekend. Um, and despite that one, even though I only had one loss, I probably hopping back on the Georgetown hate wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Very disappointing. But my overall record is still. 398 and 158 so hopefully i can break the 400 mark after this weekend cool let's let's just dive right into the semifinals we have a very short one today but we're going to do a fun little championship preview of every single possible outcome or matchup from these semifinal games so first semifinal game that we know of that's happening notre dame against virginia i'm picking virginia I think these two semifinal games are very clear cut in who's going to win them. Um, And it just so happens that Notre Dame and Virginia get the, you know, they also pick the short straw and they have to play one of the big three in the semifinal rather than getting to the final just because Duke got that one seed. And 
I think, honestly, the parity between these three ACC teams, I genuinely think that given if this was a Notre Dame versus Duke matchup, I would honestly pick Notre Dame over Duke. But since it's not Notre Dame, I mean, and Duke playing, it's Virginia and Notre Dame. I just have to pick Virginia. Like, Virginia has not lost to Notre Dame since 2018. Just like how Duke has dominated against Virginia, Virginia has dominated against Notre Dame. And I do not think that's going to change because that also includes playoffs. I think once, or maybe twice, I think once they faced in the playoffs since then and Virginia also beat them. So, like, Notre Dame does not have a winning recipe against this Virginia team. And not only when that second time they played each other did Virginia just easily handle them again, it just looked like nothing really changed. And every single tactic that Notre Dame tried to do to change what happened in the first one was just kind of, it didn't really matter. And Virginia was able to counter that. And the the biggest thing for me in this game, um, just as like a, a pure statistical analysis of it is face-offs and we all saw how important LaSala is to this Virginia offense and we mentioned it before we started recording and that first 30 seconds in the Georgetown game LaSala wins two face-offs and right away he just dishes it to Schellenberger and Schellenberger scores to make it 2-0 in the first 30 seconds Notre Dame did abysmal abysmal against Hopkins and they were able to win that game so I know that they're going to be able to do something without winning faceoffs, but like you just you can't give this Virginia team an advantage when they have everything going for them already. And I that just makes me so hesitant to think that Notre Dame has a chance. I love this Notre Dame team, and out of all four of these teams, I do not want like Notre Dame and Penn State are the two my heart wants to win this championship the most. But my brain knows for a fact that it's going to be Virginia or Duke. And I think both of them are winning in the semifinals. And it's just going to be one of the two of them. And it'll be a good game. Don't get me wrong. But I just... Too many things about that Hopkins game just made me kind of question the Notre Dame team. And I mean, it was was tough. I, I didn't like it. Entman was shaky in the first half, too. I, I don't like that he isn't playing completely as consistent as he normally is. He straightened it out in the second half, but, like, I don't know. I'm worried. And I also didn't like that Pat Cavanaugh went down with an injury. That makes me like this Notre Dame. Like, their him being questionable makes me even more uncertain. So, Cavaliers and final thing, if Schellenberger plays like he did in the quarterfinals, good God. Notre Dame's not going to have a chance. I'm going to take Notre Dame. I'm taking the Irish. Uh, I will come out and say it. Um, And my first reason is for the exact same reason I took Georgetown last week. I detest Virginia. I just detest them. And I'm willing to sacrifice logic, part logic, for emotional hatred. And that's and that's in part what I'm doing here. I do have logic for why I'm taking Notre Dame too, but I'm just gonna lay it out. I'm saying I want Virginia to lose so badly that I'm gonna pick literally anyone else at this point besides them. Okay, not that that's out of the way. 
I had the good fortune of being at uh, Navy on Sunday to watch those two quarterfinal games. And yeah, you're driving, you're right. Like, was it a classic Notre Dame performance? No, but I think it just serves as a testament to Hopkins. And I think that that's just a way better Hopkins team than we even realize. Uh, That's a way better Hopkins team then that was the team that played North Carolina in early March. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a team that was maturing at the right time, and they were a Final Four contender. And and I think for that reason, I, we're underestimating how tough of, like, a defensive battle that game was for the Irish. Moreover, I'm going to harken back to we've seen in the conference championships, we had a very long streak of who whatever team lost the first time got their revenge the second time and when you've lost to the same team twice in a year you are so incentivized to make changes uh accordingly to win now grant you we're at the point of the year where virginia has so many options and can do can do offensive so many different ways i think teams are asking themselves what else can i do to stop these guys? And the answer is probably nothing, right? I, I think that Georgetown-Virginia game just came down to possessions and Virginia had more and their offense converted. You're right, face-offs are going to be a problem for Notre Dame, but I do think that the defense shows up. I think that Entman shows up. Again, I'm not as phased by this past weekend and I think Notre Dame gets their revenge on UVA and I think that I would be taking Notre Dame right now in the championship, uh, who, whether Duke or Penn State. Um, I, I think that this team is on a is on an arc that started in early May of last year, and I don't think that arc ends any other way without a championship. So it is a very tall task. I think it's going to be a uh, Herculean effort from their Notre Dame defense to get it done, but I do think they get it done, and I I think Virginia ultimately folds, but this is going to be probably a, a very similar scoreline, I would think, to the Georgetown game. I think I've just accepted the fact that no matter which team I pick this week, I'm not going to like it either way. <laughs> um, for a lot of the reasons you guys said, but also to harp on UVA and things I didn't like about them from this past week. Uh, well, actually, in the last few weeks, it's just goalie play. Um, I mean, Nunez is a great goalie. He's a division one goalie, UVA goalie. Um, but he just hasn't been playing that well. Um, he played pretty well against Georgetown considering all the shots that were put up against him. Um, but still, I, if he didn't have six, five, six, seven guys in front of him, I don't know how good this UVA defense would be. Um, and I think that's how they win this game. I mean, that's how they won the last two games against Notre Dame, just because Sawstead and uh, the other kid have such a big reach on the Kavanaugh's that they have trouble doing anything, you know, anywhere on the field, whether it's on the wing or behind X or in the middle of the crease, really. Um, so the Kavanaugh's are going to have to get really creative, more creative than I think they uh, have been in the past to uh, get around these guys. Um, and they're going to have have to have 
a lot of the role guys step up, like Dobson um, and guys in the midfield. And uh, who's the other attack? Who's the other attackman? I forget his name. Jake Taylor, Xander Dixon. No, Notre Dame. Yeah, oh. Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jake Taylor is definitely going to need to step up. Um, and that defense is going. The Notre Dame defense is going to need to step up too. Um, I mean, Chris Fake is a great defenseman, um, but we all saw what Petey Lasala and Connor Schellenberger did to that Georgetown defense, and Will Bowen um, just tore them up, really. Um, so, in short, I'm taking UVA for now, just because they impressed me so much against Georgetown. Um, and not it's not so much that Notre Dame didn't play well. I I agree with Glazer. I think Hopkins is just that good of a team to take them to a tight game till the end. So I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna say like oh Notre Dame like didn't look good at all. Like they should have blown out Hopkins twenty to seven like the Maryland Turphead that I am. Um, but. Um, yeah, I just really like UVA. There's more good with UVA that I find right now at the moment than Notre Dame does, and that's really all it comes down to. I think both these teams are really good, but um, they're real. Also, really, they also know each other so well that they can capitalize on their weaknesses. Um, so, and I think right now, when it comes to that mental game, I think UVA has that edge because they not only have those two games over them, but that's a looming cloud over Notre Dame's head right now and a mountain that they need to get over. So for now, yeah, I'm going UVA. Um, I could feel differently um, in the next few days, but um, right now I'm leaning towards the Cavaliers. Just so, just before we go to the next game, this is the, the Notre Dame game is the second game. So yes. uh, Duke, the Duke game is the noon game. Gotcha. So we're doing this in reverse order. Uh-huh. So, yeah, just to go to the next game, just to piggyback on that, um, I, the obvious choice right now is Duke. Uh, I mean, I mentioned it when I was talking about Dog of the Week and Sam Sweeney. That defense is really young um, and just not a lot of experience for Penn State right now um, on that side of the ball. Um, I think the guys on offense, the middies, the second line middies and the attack can really play with that Duke defense based on how I saw them play against Delaware and how they played against Michigan last week. Um, so really, I think uh, if Penn State wants to win this game, their defense is really going to need to step up and they're going to need some help from their short stick D middies as well. Um it, the one thing I am worried about with Penn State that I can foresee right now is just a lot of quick slides. Um, I mean, you you see it a lot at the college college level. There are very quick slides to certain guys like O'Neal, Dyson Williams, or um, a Dodger like McAdory. Um, and my one worry is just sliding too early, like. I forget which game it was. It was Brian. It was Brian and Hopkins. Now that I look back on it, Brian like would slide against Hopkins. Um, Hopkins players like Angelus, who is more of a passer, as soon as he made his um, 
as soon as he made his uh, plant plant move to go to the side he was dodging to. And they left Russell Melendez wide open on the crease, I think, three or four times, and he got easy goals on the crease. So that's something I'm foreseeing right now. And just if Penn State wants to win this game, I think they need that kind of discipline to, you know, trust their poles, trust their short stick D middies on defense and give them the benefit of the doubt. And when they need to go, just go. Um, but that's going to be hard. I mean, Brendan O'Neill is playing at the top of his game. Um, and he's just a wizard when he has the ball in a stick. Um, so I have a hard time believing right now Penn State can win against the Blue Devils with this defense. But, you know, we keep saying that crazier things have happened um, in this tournament. So um, rooting for Penn State. I hope they can take down the Blue Devils. But I, I'm just very skeptical right now. I'm going to come right out again, like my prior pick, and say I'm going to take Duke here. Uh, I think that this is just a matchup nightmare for Penn State, especially losing their poll. And that's not to disrespect Penn State. I truly think that Duke right now is a matchup nightmare for anyone. If you lock down O'Neal, okay, you got McAdory who's going to fuel the offense, and he's coming into form really well. Oh, yeah, Dyson Williams is playing really well. Oh, yeah, their keeper is playing really well, too. And correct me if I'm wrong, their faceoff guy is what, first team All American? Yep. Uh, Nassau? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm about to mention him when I talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, wow. Yeah. Um, that, that Penn State Army game was, it was a really fun game to watch. But that was, if you looked at it objectively, it was actually a bad lacrosse game. A lot of mistakes were made. A lot of missed passes were made. There was a lot of stupid plays for May uh, in that matchup. And it made it really entertaining. But at times you were like, wait, am I watching a quarterfinal or am I, am I watching a Mac playoff game? Because that's what it looked like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So unlike Notre Dame, who I think rebounds from this past weekend, I don't know if Penn State can play any better. Uh, and especially against a Duke team. I'm not saying that Army could. I just, I don't know if if Duke's going to be stopped in the semifinals, right? Michigan had all the momentum in the world, and Duke said, nah, fam, this is where your road ends. And it kind of in like a uninspiring way, like they just went about their business and, and took care of the Wolverines. So to me, this is... A, a by the book pick. I'm with you, Boyd. I think Penn State's been a great story this year and awesome for them to making it to the Final Four, but this is just not a good matchup for them. And I, I do think the Blue Devils advance. I am agreeing with both of you, gentlemen. Duke, 110% in this matchup. I, I love Penn State. I, I, like I said, like you guys said for me last week, this team, I, this is exactly where Penn State got with Amon and O'Keefe. And hats off to Penn State with this squad that they have right now that they matched that. I think they have every single bit of grit and fight in the, these ACC teams. Honestly, more than that, I think. I think they have a lot of fight. And I... And the main reason I say that is because 
they have never been out of a game. Um, they've only like their largest margin of loss is three. And wildly enough, every single one of these ACC teams have lost by, well, Notre Dame and Duke have lost by at least five once. Virginia is the only one that's lost by only two or less. So they stay in every single game. Duke and Notre Dame sometimes don't show up. Penn State is just, they're a really good team. They have a lot of grit. And especially in the Princeton and the Army game, they just, I guess, decided to make their fans just white knuckle those games and not feel comfortable at all because obviously the Princeton game going down the way they did and then having to come back and then surviving a late push by Princeton again. They had to do that again versus Army, survive a late push. If they're going to win this game against Duke, they're not going to have to survive a late push because I don't think at any point in the game they're going to have a huge substantial lead that they can cushion off like that in those that they did in those two games. Um, and I just I, 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 I'm not going to say too much just because it's just going to be like slandering Penn State and I don't want to do that. This is a really good team. It's just the fact that this Duke team is I was questioning them at the beginning of the year. They have proved me wrong. There's still a little like voice in the back of my mind that's like, oh, uh, there is a chance Penn State could win this if Duke goes out there and has a really, really bad day. That is completely possible. However, do I think Duke will have a really, really bad day? No. <laughs> um, two main things is something I already mentioned when Glazer talked. Naso or whatever you can pronounce his last name, Naso. Meso. Meso. Duke's Duke's Fogo is incredible. And Penn State also has been struggling at the face-off X. It's just like you can't give the ball to Duke's offense and Brennan O'Neill that many times in a game, especially when you're down your number one cover guy and you have to shove an LSM down there who might be the one covering him. As Voight knows, Playing from up top all season as an LSM and then having to switch to go close. And not only that, when you switch and start your first game, you get to cover like the unanimous first team All-American, Brendan O'Neill. That's not fun. No one's going to enjoy that. So that's going to be a really, really, really tough game for Sweeney. So, I mean, that's not making me very confident for Penn State. And to top that off, the second part about that that I wanted to touch on is that Duke has an absurd amount of unassisted goals this season. They run a lot of their offense through single dodges and guys just dodging to score. And if they're focusing on one-on-one matchups, the fact that Penn State doesn't have Posey anymore, their rest of their defense has to step up in such a massive way against a team that already is very, very focused on -on one-on-one dodging. I just, I don't think Penn State's going to be able to keep up. And I don't think Duke's, like, I think Duke's depth, too, like second line midfield is going to be better than Penn State's third and fourth short stick D guy on a hot day. I just, nothing is like, I want to pick Penn State so badly, but nothing is just drawing me to them. So the smart pick is Duke. The facts all point to Duke. It's got to be the Blue Devils in this one. All right. Let's pretend that it's now Memorial Day. And let's pretend, while we referenced Marvel earlier, that there are infinite universes, but for our purposes, <laughs> only like four, right? 
let's go game by game and see again not obviously knowing how these teams are going to play or otherwise who we would take in different final matchups because we're not going to be able to record over the holiday weekend so for our listeners for for sticking with us we are going to preemptively pick the national champion a couple different ways just so you just so you know just so we cover all our bases so let's say we go with our consensus pick and let's take duke versus virginia in the first iteration mr voight who would you be taking in that matchup in duke uva i um give me one second let me go back to my stats here that drive I in while i was doing that you can go yeah you do that drive in short simple and sweet duke has dominated virginia i'm dumb and i picked virginia twice over them i'm not doing it again duke would win um yeah now that i'm looking at it i think um i i think it's uva in that matchup um it's, it, would be, it would be tight it would be tight again it would be another tight game um the thing that brings me to pick uva is just how well their offense is playing right now um just with all the experience to for championship weekend and all of the talent that they got around there i mean there was um there was a stat on from this guy on twitter i was reading about i forget his name um well actually i know his name but i don't give out free ads um Uh, but he basically put like the two stats together of the scoring offenses between UVA and Maryland, and they were razor thin differences. Um, Oh, between Maryland's team last year and UVA's team this year, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So now that I look at those numbers, I'm like, wow, they're scoring a lot more and like, or slightly more than Maryland's offense last year. I can only imagine what this team will do in the tournament um, against uh, Notre Dame. Um, It's just going to be a battle of the offenses in that matchup. There's just going to be back and forth. But I think I like UVA's offense over Duke's defense right now. Um, I think that's where it comes down to me. Plus that face-off matchup is so close. I don't even know what the hell is going to happen in that with Maysow and Petey LaSalle and now re-emerging as Petey LaSalle before. I'm going to have to do a dry ban in this matchup. Until uh, Duke loses to Virginia, um, I'm going to take Duke. And again, just for consistency's sake, I am in no way going to take Virginia whatsoever because I detest them so much. (laughs) Okay. In our next iteration, let's say the Blue Devils win again, but this time my pick prevails and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are in the final dry band. Are you still sticking with Duke? I think I would have to pick Notre Dame in that one. I, like I said, it's uh, the ACC, the, between these three teams, it's just parody and I don't know if it was just that Notre Dame wanted to get back one against Duke because they lost to Virginia already when they played them in the regular season. But, I mean, like, they beat them very well, Notre Dame did. And 
it was really impressive. And the Kavanaugh's looked like they do against every other team against Duke. It's like Duke didn't really slow them down that much. And the only team that they've been slowed down against is Virginia, and it's been done twice. So uh, it leads me to believe that something about Virginia just, like I think Boyd mentioned, the length of the defenseman, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's it's something that just, it makes me feel that way. I think Notre Dame would be able to pull it out over Duke. I'd be super happy if that happened. Not super happy that they beat Virginia and I would lose that pick, but like my heart would be happy that Notre Dame would get that national championship finally. But yeah, I, I would I would pick Notre Dame over Duke. Stravoit? I am going to defer from Dryban again and say Duke in that matchup. Um, I, again, it, it, I'm going off, I'm a recency biased guy. Um, I just, I don't know how well Notre Dame's going to play against UVA, but if it's a close game, I'm not sure if they'll be able to take on Duke on Monday on a short week, um, because that's something we got to think about too. Um, I think that gets largely overlooked um, mm-hmm. during championship weekend. Um, because if you look at both of these matchups, UVA and Notre Dame is clear cut the tougher matchup on Saturday. Um, and when you look at Duke Penn state, we kind of think Duke can, run the table a little bit in the first half and probably relax a little bit in the second half, put some guys in who haven't played that much, but we'll see who knows. Um, I could be dead wrong. I've been dead wrong a lot. That's why I'm in last place. In the big <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but it, when I look at that kind of, that matchup between Duke and Notre Dame, you also got to look at the faceoff X. Um, I mean, NASA first team, all-American, and then you got whoever's on Notre Dame. Um, the scrub on Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's disrespectful, but I just don't know that guy's name. I'm um, sorry, but I'm not sorry. Scrub. Um, I mean, uh, I'm looking at the box score right now from the last time they played each other, and Notre Dame went 11 for 33. And if you want to go back a little bit more, let's look at UNC and Notre Dame. Um, from their first or their second matchup, um, Notre Dame lost the faceoff battle to North Carolina, and North Carolina's faceoff guy, from what I remember, was like barely in the top forty this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too I'm I'm not too confident Notre Dame can handle the possessions like they did in South Bend. Um, I think the defense versus offensive battle is much more interesting because Chris Fake and Brandon O'Neill is a pipe dream matchup of mine. And that's an entertaining matchup, I think, for any lacrosse fan. Um, also, just a little side note, when Owen Grant and Brandon O'Neill are playing against each other in Canada versus USA, that matchup will break records across the TV landscape. Just saying. Um <laughs> Cause that matchup was awesome. And I think Chris fake only allowed Chris fake only allowed him one goal in that matchup. Um, I believe. So that'll be interesting, but I think that's a game where I, where I also see Dyson Williams, like tearing apart Notre Dame's defense. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I just really like Duke in that matchup because I think they have a lot more support around around Brendan O'Neill and Dyson Williams than Notre Dame has around the two Kavanaugh brothers. Um, so, yeah, I like the Blue Devils in that matchup. I would have to take, take Notre Dame for destiny's sake alone. Uh, and the same reason I would be taking them in the semifinal, just like what sweet revenge it would be on the committee to not only make the tournament, but then to get your first national championship over Duke. And I mean, also, let's not forget, Duke wasn't in the tournament either last year. Now, there was less argument for them to be in than Notre Dame. But like, this is a Duke team that is resurrecting as much as Notre Dame is. And as like, you know, not as much as Penn State, of course, but still like three of these teams were not even in the tournament last year. And here they are in the final four. Uh, but Notre Dame for me is a, a a purely emotional pick. And I think that emotion carries a lot of weight at the end of May. Uh, and so I think that to your point, Dryban, the streak of certain teams beating other teams in the ACC would continue. But uh, yeah, I think if that matchup were to recur, Notre Dame would have nightmares from when they lost to Duke in the Natty almost a decade ago now. So not maybe not a decade, but cl- coming up on it. So, you guys all right. Are against history right now. I that's know. Been, I mean, all that's right. your subject, Glazer. Let's say, let's say, and I'll, I'll combine this because I think I know the answer. Let's say Notre Dame, I'm sorry, let's say Penn State has the upset and Penn State's in the championship. If they play Notre Dame or Virginia, are you taking Penn State? No. <laughs> I would take them against Notre Dame, depending on how Notre Dame played on Saturday. If they walk away from that game clean, no injuries, no like scares, anything like that, I think they I think Notre Dame's got it. But if I see one of the Kavanaugh's freaking limping i'm turning around and picking penn state because that is a big time like um energy degrader right there seeing one of your best players go down um on championship weekend i get like you probably want to win for your guy too and that'll probably bring up some extra motivation but i think penn state would seize that opportunity much better in that situation um, if it's UVA, absolutely not. Um, Schellenberger, Xander Dixon, Peyton Cormier would have their way on Monday if uh, Penn State ends up playing them. So I would take uh, I would take Notre Dame uh, because again, like I'm taking them, would take them against Duke, Destiny, all of it. Uh, and if they play Virginia. Do not lock me in, but I would take Penn State. Literally just to spite Virginia. For spite out of spite, you would do <laughs> Literally that. Literally just to spite. Would, would I cost think, the possibility of winning the season. I think. <laughs> well, no. So, you morally <laughs> cannot pick Virginia. <laughs> no, so, l- l- let me make this clear. If I drive in, if I get this game on you and Notre Dame beats Duke and I, like, have essentially points in hand, no, I'm not, I'm not screwing around. Like, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> take Virginia. <laughs> Um, but if but if all is lost, yeah, what the hell? Give me the Nittany Lions. Let's see some magic happen. Might as well, right? Fair enough. All right. 
Should we conclude with the Division Three National Championship coming to you on Sunday afternoon live from NCAA.com? We have the now 23 and 0, right? Tufts Jumbos? 22. 22. 22. They're still 22. Playing no, 23. The Salisbury Seagulls, who, even though they lost to Gettysburg, they are in the national championship. Uh, Drawbed, I know you are not the D3 guy that Voight and I are, but from what you know, who would you take in this matchup? Duffs. Yeah. I, I can't, I also physically, like, I cannot pick Salisbury ever, and never do I want to pick Salisbury. So, like, this is just a brain and a logic where it's like, give me Tufts. Let me see Tufts win another championship. Boy, you're on the Jumbos bandwagon? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, they, from watching their game on Saturday, and then I watched a little bit of their game Sunday against RIT, their defense is so freaking good right now. Like, everybody talks about their offense, like, all the attackmen, all the middies are getting on Instagram and Twitter videos, doing one-handed passes, one-handed shots, underhand, behind the back, between the legs, stuff like that. But that defense, so underrated. They're so fast. They're so strong. They're very big. Um, whereas Salisbury's defense, they're very big, but they cannot play one-on-one against those toughs, uh, offensive middies and uh, attackmen. So, yeah, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of zone from Salisbury, a lot of mixing from man-to-man and zone, um, but it's not going to face Tufts. They're going to crush them, I think. So, yeah, I'm also going to take Tufts. Um, one, out of spite. I think spite's a theme for me this episode. Uh, <laughs> it's all, it's all spite. This pick is all spite for all of us. Um, but I think, I guess, it's a national championship, and so, you know, people are going to raise the game a little bit, and it's probably going to be closer, but Literally nothing would bring me greater joy for this not to be a game and for Tufts to have like won this game by halftime and be up, you know, like 15 to four and say, oh, yeah, we're we're good. Yeah, I do think Tufts is that good. And yeah, Salisbury's good. They're here for a reason. Like, congratulations. You beat Christopher Newport, who beat Dickinson. Whoop de freaking do. Right. Great. All right. Yeah. yeah. They also beat WNL, who beat Grove City. Yeah. Like, OK, good for you. Good for you. You win the South. Congratulations. You're trying to win your 13th national championship. But yeah, ain't no way. I don't think. No. Boy, I know you want to take Lynchburg last week, but ain't yeah. no way were the Hornets beating the Jumbos. If I'm going to defend the Hornets right now, they looked a lot better than the, <laughs> than the first meeting. Yes. Um, shout out my little bro who scored the second goal of the game, which was very awesome. That was an older brother for me. That's a lifetime memory. You got a goal against the tough jumbos. Yeah. What are the what are, what are oh I was about to say something very old. What are they calling it? Like core memories and all like on TikTok and Instagram now. Isn't that like a oh, saying? Don't like, don't bring TikTok into this. Don't, <laughs> all the people don't, say now. Don't <laughs> don't taint our episode with these You're young people things. This. You're embarrassing this. <laughs> I know. I was about to say what do those kids say, and I tried to stop myself. Okay, now if you say that again, you're gonna make me feel so old, and I'm gonna log off right now. <laughs> but uh, this yeah. championship is also the fourth time these teams have played in the championship yeah. since yeah. 2010. Because they'll never see each other in the regular season. 
No. Yeah. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Uh, not a very long episode, but we are at the end of the season. This was our final episode of making picks. So we will have picked well over 500 games by the end of the season. And if you've stuck with us the entire time, you have heard us pick every single one. Uh, So gentlemen, congratulations to you. Another season in the books. Uh, I mentioned it last week. We are going to have one more episode next week. Probably record it uh, much like we are now, Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of recap the year have a little end of year synopsis, final top 20, maybe a dog of the year, things like that. Um, But we are winding down uh, after a very exhausting but enjoyable season. Like as much as I love watching lacrosse all day on Saturday, like I it's like it's like red zone in the fall. Like I'm tired because I'm trying to keep track of so many things at once. It's like, oh, it's dinner time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where'd the day go, right? Yep. Um, Also, uh, before we head out, shout out Mercyhurst for taking down Lemoyne. Yes. uh, This past weekend as well. Um, Awesome. Um, Future Lemoyne's future D1 program. Um, So big win for Mercyhurst, and now there will be a new Division Two championship. Champion. All right, Robin, close it out. Yep, like he said, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week for the last episode of the season, and may the picks be ever in your favor.